welcome to the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. It sounds like it's minicamp season and the, the train never stops rolling. Yeah, you know, today I kind of want to get to some subjects that may not be super fresh, but still interesting, and we kind of missed while the last couple weeks on the draft. So, um, you know, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I, at first, little quarterback, uh, you know, we talked up to him when he was released by the Bears, talked to some connected to some teams, and he decided kind of out of the blue to retire and, and go to the TV booth. How do you how do you think he'll be remembered as an NFL quarterback? Probably not as as, as well as maybe his talent should be remembered, right? Yeah. Um... I mean, if you think about it logically and say this dude was what, like a mid-first-round pick? Number 11. 11, okay. So how many quarterbacks in that range had as good a career as Cutler? I would say less than 50%. I mean, you know, in 2006 when he was drafted, the top three quarterbacks taken were Vince Young at three by the Titans, Matt Leinart at 10 by the Arizona Cardinals, and the Denver Broncos jumped up to 11 to take Cutler. Cutler was by far the best of the three. By far. And unfortunately, I think he'll be remembered as never quite filled his potential, which was huge. I mean, obviously there's a ton of talent there. Unlikable, the bad uh, body language, never won anything. But I think that's unfair. You know, I mean, if you compare, like I said, all the – all the quarterbacks taken in the you know in that range, say from you know eight to fifteen in the first round, most don't pan out as well as Cutler did, and uh, I just think he's kind of an unlikable sort. Even people that don't know him, you know, that they don't root for him. And uh, to be honest, I mean, and I've said this on this podcast a hundred times that the second that Tony Romo decided to go to the booth. If I were the, the Texans, I would have been beating down the door for Jay Cutler, but apparently there was no interest, and except for maybe the Jets, and I don't blame him for not wanting to go there. Um, he can still play. I mean, he's good. I don't know why people don't think that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you talk about quarterbacks that are drafted high and no make. I mean, I, I think about 2011 when you had Locker, Locker Gabbert, and Ponder go 8-10-12, and again, those none of those guys even—they're all tremendous flops. And Jay Cutler was an NFL starter for ten years. And I think if you're drafting at any of those spots, I'll take that guy to be my starter for ten years. I mean, right? I mean, that's kind of a problem solver. He was never great, but those teams that he was on never needed a better quarterback, really. No, I agree. I mean. Certainly was never Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, and I don't think either one of us was ever saying that, or, you know, Roethlisberger or even Eli or a guy like that. But I think pretty consistently through his career, he was the 12th to 20th best quarterback on the planet. You know, that's pretty good. And, you know, you mentioned Jake Locker. I mean, I think those guys had similar skill sets. Locker would have Cutler's worst year. Right. I think Jake Cutler was a, is a grumpy Andy Dalton. You know, and, but so much more talented, right? But yeah, but I think the body language is really what kind of got, which got him kind of killed. Is 
that he looked like he was disinterested. And I think people that kind of people kind of like you said never really liked him. And if he played any other position, nobody would have cared. Right. Right. Do you think his career truly is over, though? What's that? Do you think his career truly is over, though? I mean, you know, the way he he went out of his way on the radio show last week to say it was permanent, we'll see. I mean, I I, I think he might be a type of guy that might adjust well to being, you know, in a different spotlight. Um. So yeah, maybe, but you never know. I mean, hey, if a, if a good team comes calling, if somebody, if a playoff caliber team loses a quarterback in the preseason, I think that changes everything, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is you know, it's the first week of preseason, well. and a prominent quarterback goes down, and you know they're they're in it to win it, and what else do they have to offer? You know, or you know, a team like Houston that's counting on you know they didn't make the move already. They're counting on Watson or Savage, and they quickly find out in these mini camps or something that boy, these guys are further along them, further away than we thought. I don't know. I think it's possible. I mean, I can see his phone ringing. I don't know if he'll pick it up. You know, it's interesting because of Romo and Cutler retiring rather, rather early. I think there's still something left in the tank for both of them. This is the first time that, because I can remember that there are retired quarterback options out there for teams. I mean, you know, Brett Favre went as far as he can go, and he just wasn't going to play anymore. And Peyton Manning went as far as he can go. But if a team does, you know, if a team does need a quarterback in August, there are some options. Like if if the Teddy Bridgewater thing happened this year, the Vikings could have called either one of those guys and saved them a first-round pick instead of trading for Bradford. Yeah, that's a great example. You know that if I'm sure the Vikes are sitting there going, nothing against Bradford, who I think is worth that first round pick, but man, I would have loved to have the option one year ago when Teddy had this gruesome injury to make two calls and try to convince two proven guys to come lead my team. Yeah, and I mean, it happened last year. It could happen this year, and I think it's, I think it's interesting. No question. So, but I, uh, I, let's talk about another quarterback that we probably will talk a little bit more in this offseason. But, I mean, with no Cutler, I, Jay Cutler, I mean, Colin Kaepernick's the best quarterback out there, you think? I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe. I mean, I'm just thinking guys that have taken a lot of snaps in this league, you know, that you know who they are at this point. I guess, but man, I don't think anybody's. I don't think their phones lines are lighting up. Yeah, you know, it's a hot button topic because of the political stuff. I, I do think part of the reason why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job is football reasons. I mean, I, I you know I don't want to get into the other stuff, but I think there are football reasons why he doesn't have a job. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I heard a scout say it once. It was perfect that he is. Not good enough to be a distraction, and that's just the way it goes in that in that business, right? I mean, yeah, I think that's a good statement. You know that you know, times far versus distraction. You know, especially late in his career and things. But yeah, we'll overlook it. You're Brett Favre, you know. But Kaepernick has never evolved with the finer points of playing the position. There's, I think, the number one reason, like you said, that he's not employed is because he's not good enough on the field. And you can only run around for so long without becoming a pocket passer. And he never 
took that next step. Um, you know, I, I think we both think that football-wise, he deserves to be in the league. I certainly I mean, think so. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's. But what's odd about his style, though, is in almost any situation, probably besides Buffalo, if your quarterback gets hurt, you really have to change the way you play the game to insert him in as your starter. Interesting, yeah. I mean, yeah, because you're just not going to find too many players like him, right? Right, right. And yeah. is Buffalo going to cut Cardell Jones or Peterman, who they just drafted, for Kaepernick? No. Right. What about RG3, who doesn't have any, you know, quote, off-field distractions? He's not getting any call. He's totally forgotten. Yeah, people don't even talk about it anymore, like, I wonder if he'll even end up in a camp or, you know, um, he's just so often injured, you know, that I, I think he has his massive on-the-field warts as well. But almost as, you know, his distraction to, or his red flag in addition to that, though, is just durability. And his body type, the way he plays the game, I don't know that that would ever change. You know, and when he first came into the league and he had instant success and, you know, he had the big smile and what a great kid and you know he had the success at Baylor and he was he was considered a high character kid and then when the injuries start happening you know some people start saying you know he, he might be kind of high maintenance he might be kind of a pain in the butt mm-hmm. and I, I think that you know I think that may not help him either that he may have not a great personality reputation around the league at this point. Yeah, you, you hear that from numerous sources that, again, he's not good enough to, to, to warrant those distractions. You know, that if you would sign him right now as a camp arm slash competing for my two or three spot, I don't want to deal with the media headaches. I mean, all of a sudden it's a big story. It's on the front of ESPN and NFL.com, you know. like, right. And, you know, why do we want to deal with that? And if his attitude, if he does have a sense of entitlement, or immaturity, you know, are we going to coach that out of him? Am I going to spend that much time on this project when he's my, you know, third most important quarterback on the roster? You know, right. it's a team like the Browns again. Like, all the time I'm spending on RG3 could be spent on Deshaun Kaiser. Right, right. One more quarterback topic, and it's, we, we, I thought we did a great job last week of going right through the draft. There was a topic that I forgot to ask you about. And I think that Deshaun Watson was the player winner of the draft. You know, we all talk about what teams won the draft, but I thought Deshaun Watson won the draft, that he went into a great spot for himself. Your your thoughts, and I know you're not a Watson guy, but he was in a pretty good spot, isn't he? I mean, a great defense, a quarterback coach as a head coach. You know, pretty laid-back community. It's not bad. I agree. You know, and his his number one option, they didn't play together, but he's a Clemson guy, and I'm sure he's going to welcome him with open arms and has some similarities to Mike Williams and, you know, is a very attractive target for contested balls. And my reasoning for not loving Watson, I mean, and I'm not saying he can't be an NFL starter, is I mean, I think that there's a lot of game manager – to his skill set, but boy, a lot of turnovers. I mean, he led the league, he led the NCAA in interceptions over the past two years, 
and those two things don't mesh. Um, right. But he's apparently an extremely hard worker, and he's smart, and all the off-the-field things are there, as well as the clutch factor and all those things. But you go to Houston, like you said, I mean, maybe I'm not as big a fan, but he's more talented than Hoyer, Yates, Schaub. I mean, everybody else they've basically had there <coughs> and win the division with. And I don't think it's far-fetched that if J.J. Watt is – back to being J.J. Watt, that that's the best defense in the league. I mean, the skill position guys on the Texans are very good now, and a lot of you know, guys like Fuller in their second year. The line worries me, but uh, like you said, O'Brien's a perfect guy to, you know, to, to bring him along properly. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's well said, you know, that he, he couldn't have found a better landing spot if he drew it up. Yeah, you know, before the draft he told – uh, ESPN, that'd be a slap in the face if Trubisky went before him, and he got slapped in the face when Trubisky not only went to the Bears at number three, but they traded up to number two to get him, and then Mahomes gets drafted before him. I don't think he was expecting that, um, so he ends up being the third quarterback taken. But he's in the best spot for him, I think. I mean, I think Mahomes is in a really good spot for the Chiefs, but I mean. Trubisky's going to have a lot tougher time than either one of those guys. So I, I think Watson should be pretty happy where he ended up. I agree. And of all those guys, including Kaiser, you know, ideally, and we know this isn't how the NFL really works anymore, I think ideally they would sit a year and just totally learn and, you know, so they don't end up looking like Jared Goff in their first year. But I don't think that's going to happen with Watson. You know, I mean, maybe that happens with Trubisky or at least the first half of the season until the Bears are, you know, 2-7 and seven and everyone's calling for them. Um, I think it's a pretty, really good chance that Mahomes gets to actually sit the whole year. But I don't think there's hardly any chance that Watson doesn't play in 2017. So he'll, he'll be the first to go, first to play. Yeah, I would think that there's a pretty good chance he's the opening day starter. Yeah. What about Kaiser? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I know he's the 52nd pick, and I know he's Rob, but I also know that his competition is Cody Kessler, you know, and if, if Kaiser shows some ability in the preseason, if you're the Bear, I mean, if you're the Browns, aren't you a little tempted? I mean, I go back to what Oakland did at with Derek Carr in 2014. Derek Carr was not expected to play when training camp started. It wasn't even an option, and Matt Schwab stunk in the pre- preseason, stunk in camp. Derek Carr played really well in the fourth week of the preseason, and the Raiders said the hell with it. He's their quarterback. And, you know, they started 0-10, and they won three games that year, but now in his third year, he's an MVP candidate. So, I mean, that's not a bad way to go either. No, uh, you're 100% right. And my thoughts are, in Cleveland, I know he's only been in the league one year, but I think everyone knows who Cody Kessler is, and I think he's going to be a very valuable long-term backup who will probably start some games in this league and get you out of situations or whatever. He's your always your fallback plan. Kaiser's the wild card, but I think if the Browns are smart and they do seem to have a very good big-picture analysis of themselves that, hey, we're not winning the Super Bowl this year, that – if we could get a lot of tape and a lot of Kaiser reps so that we know who he is 
when the season ends and we can evaluate how high or how much or if at all we have to attack the quarterback position, that would be terrific. So, therefore, if I'm Hugh Jackson and that staff, anything close to a tie goes in Kaiser's favor for playing time. Especially because yeah. they have a good offensive line now. Right. If, if somebody told you the Browns are going to be in the playoffs in 2019, you'd buy it, right? I would buy it, yes. Yeah. And I actually might, you know, if you gave me even odds right this second, I might put a chip down on yes. And I know that the quarterback might not even be in the roster, but by the t- either if it's Kaiser or by the time that they do insert the quarterback, I just think their roster has a chance to be spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Talk about, there's been some running back movement recently, and, you know, to recap, Marshawn Lynch goes out of retirement, goes to his hometown Raiders. Adrian Peterson goes to the Saints, and Jamal Charles goes from the Chiefs to the Raiders, excuse me, the Broncos. Of those three, who do you, what, what do you think is going to work the best? Well, even before we, you know, entertain that, one topic I wanted to bring up that kind of goes hand-in-hand is all of a sudden I can come up with, like, five running back names that if I'm a team like the Eagles or maybe the Colts, I would consider trading for. You know, the Ingram, Hill in in Cincinnati, the two incumbents in Jacksonville, Yeldon and uh, what's his name, the other dude there, (laughs) and – or, or even like a Carlos Hyde. So mm-hmm. I wonder, are we going to see some running back movement bef- between now and opening day? And there was even talk, you know, Max Unger got hurt with the Saints. You read the rumor that maybe Cincinnati or New Orleans goes after Kelsey from Philadelphia and dangles Ingram mm-hmm. to get him. So if something like that happens, I look at Peterson and say, wow, he's in store for a huge year. You know, I mean – and I think Kamara is very much in their immediate plans, too. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. You know, I mean, I guess I would put a chip down right now on Lynch just because I think he's clearly their number one on early downs behind a great line, although the Saints line's pretty good, too. You know, I think Charles is a, is a complimentary piece. Peterson's going to not be on the field for throwing situations. I think that'll be Kamara to a lesser degree, Ingram. But if Ingram does get moved, Peterson could be in for a big year, although it's tough. I mean, the last time we saw any of those guys, how much can we take that as that's still the same guy we saw? Well, exactly. All three of them have some serious dings against them, and it's all the same dings. They're all over 30, and they've all had injury issues. I mean, you know, Charles is 30 years old, and he's had 83 carries in the last two years combined. Right, that's uh, rough. Peterson, you know, missed most of last year, 32, which is really old for a running back. Lynch, 31, didn't play last year, and the year before he couldn't stay healthy, and he missed eight games. So all of them are far from sure things. Not to mention, all those things you said are great, but even when we saw them when they were – on the field, the last viewing, they weren't reminiscent of Hall of Famers. Right. Right. Yeah, I, so I don't know. I mean, 
Charles certainly, the Broncos aren't putting all their eggs in the Charles's basket. They're, they're not. Um, and, and, and neither is, is the Saints. I, I think the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders might be the team that is putting the most into, you know, the, the, of this yeah. trio. Um, and they're very excited about the whole Oakland thing, but there's chances all three of these things go south, I think. And the Raiders yeah. are a team that need to be careful because they probably have the most they, – they don't have the clearest, the clearest solution of the three. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's well said. I don't have a whole lot to add to it. That as it stands now, if, hey, Peterson doesn't look good, we got Ingram, we drafted a guy pretty high. Denver, we got C.J. Anderson coming back. And we drafted Booker pretty high a year ago, too. Um, mm-hmm. But you look at Oakland, kind of like you said, and if he's – bad you know like if he is a non-factor that you know i mean washington i mean the guys they had from last year aren't full-time players i mean all of a sudden you're saying hey mr Carr, you better you got to drive this entire offense and he's capable but you're right you know or maybe they're calling up somebody for carlos hyde or something you know if you one thing it's kind of like the quarterback situation is these mini camps and you know early training camps will tell these teams a lot too. You know, Marshawn's going to be in Oakland, you know, in silver and black. And if they look at him and go, "Boy, he isn't very good," we need to make a move. They at least have time. They could call D'Angelo yeah. Williams or you know, right, right. Well, that, that leads us to the, the who's the best running back left out there, and with Garrett Blunt. And I know that you're not. Uh, uh, the biggest Blunt fan, and, and he is like these other guys. He hasn't been injured. He is 30 years old. I mean, he did produce last season over almost 1,200 yards, 18 touchdowns, but he doesn't have a job. Where does he end up? Yeah, that's a good question, too. And maybe the Giants could use a guy. I mean, I mentioned Philly. Um, does Green Bay fit him? Yeah, but they just drafted two backs, not even one. Three, yeah. Or three, yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, so... And he's not squeaky clean off the field, which doesn't right. lend him to a Packer situation to me. Right. I know Detroit, uh, Yahoo last week reported the Giants and the Lions were interested. I guess that would make sense. I mean, I kind of thought there was a good chance they would draft a bigger back. And, you know, Zach Zenner is really the only guy that fits that mold on their team. Or, you know, right. what if Tampa, if all of a sudden Doug Martin does something dumb or they don't trust him anymore? Maybe. Right. Um, we, this guy's. This happened a few weeks ago, but again, we were talking draft the last two weeks heavy. What's your thoughts on uh, the Jalezi? I think that's how you pronounce his last name, who went from the uh, Bills to the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots are just stockpiling running backs and stockpiling anybody that can score. How, how do you think he fits them? Yeah, Gillisley and. What's interesting with that to me is I really like Jonathan Williams from a year ago coming out of Arkansas. He was injured. I think he could step up big as Shady McCoy's backup. Um, but I think Gillisley, they kind of see their Corey Dillon, you know, LeGarrette Blunt. They got a lot of running backs now. And I, I don't think any of these moves are real promising for Deion Lewis, you know, that's for sure. They but, got Burkholz, right? Burkhead, yeah. I mean, Burkhead's going to do, I think he's going to be a Vereen plus a little more physical, uh, also a great special teamer. Gillisley can also help you on teams. It'll be interesting how their running back situation shakes out, you know, because they got four that are 
productive. I mean, they're good players. Yeah. But they're in it yeah. to win it, like you said. I mean, you had Cooks and Allen and Ely and all these veterans, and they'll probably pick up a couple more, you know, they'll trade next year's six-round pick for, you know, somebody, another Van Noy or Mingo or something in camp. Yeah, I mean, they had four draft picks, and the four guys seem like perfect Patriot fits. I, I just, they they just embarrass, I don't know, I guess embarrass is a good word. They they do things that make the 31 other teams, why didn't we think of that? Time and time and again, it's unbelievable. And this is really a remarkable offseason for them, too. You know, yeah. that they kept Butler, they kept Garoppolo, you know, and... They went out and got all those veterans, like we mentioned. In the draft, they only took four dudes, but two are pass rushers and two are tackles, you know, premium positions. And they're, you know, better players than people would have thought would have been there for those picks. And Gronk comes back. And they're much better than when we saw them last. Yeah, and and, and they won the Super Bowl. And, you know, this isn't like the old days where the Yankees would win the World Series and just, you know, buy more players in free agency to reload. You can't do that in the NFL. But the Super Bowl champions really had the best offseason of the entire league, didn't they? Yeah, we didn't even mention Stephon Gilmore. You know, like, <laughs> Logan Ryan becomes Stephon Gilmore, which their secondary was great last year, now it's even better. It's It really is something. And they had a lot of cap space. You know, we can't forget that. They, they had an awful lot of cap space this year, and they've used it really well. But... They were the best team in the league last year, you know. I guess arguably, but they were an elite team last year, and they're much better now. And even if Brady got hurt, I still think they might be the best team in the league. Now that it's you know, now that it's over, do you think it was smart for them to keep up Garoppolo this year? It all comes down to what Bill and Tom talk about when nobody's listening. You know, like. Tom, I mean, I'm sure he has every intention to play until he's 100. But the reality is, does he have one or two more years? And if that's the case, you keep Garoppolo. You know, if it's much more, if it's two or three or four more years, then I think you trade him for, you know, the 12th pick to the Browns or whatever, and then you take O.J. Howard or, you know, a pass rusher or somebody. Um, but I think it's really telling because they've traded a lot of, you know Brady backups over the years that they didn't trade him. That I think they think he's special. Yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I thought it was a no-brainer to do it. I mean, they have a decision to make next year because you know they're going to have to franchise him if, if they right. want to keep him. And Tom Brady says, "Hey, I'm coming back for my, you know, my age 41 year, which we all expect." So there is there is some kind of decision to be made next year. No doubt. I mean, in the meantime, you could lock him up to a long-term deal. I'm not sure that's in Jimmy's best interest rate this second. But I would think they have every plan to franchise him and then figure it out from there. Unless Brady's told Bill and Mr. Kraft that, hey, I'm, I'm going to go win. Let's win the Super Bowls here, and then I'm going to go out and ride, you know, ride out in the sunset. I mean, yeah, knows? yeah. Interesting. Two, two last topics before we uh, close it up today. Sammy Watkins. No fifth-year option in Buffalo. I mean, he's been too hurt to do it, right? I mean, smart I'm business a huge fan. You know, I mean, I can't play doctor, and if their team doctor says, we don't think he can stay healthy, then you don't pick up the option. But in terms of the football player and value to that team, 
he's immense. I mean, I, I, I very much believe that. But the other thing no one seems to be talking about is, let's say he plays 16 games and is great and is a pro bowler, you can franchise him. I mean, it doesn't mean he's going to hit the open market for sure. Right, right. So it, I think it was a smart business move. Assuming, yeah, I mean, they again, they have the medical records that we don't, and they clearly think, I mean, that's obviously the only strike against them. I mean, the only reason not to pick up the fifth-year option is you're worried about him staying on the field long-term. Right. But, but still, I yeah. mean, it's still cheap. I mean, it still doesn't cost you that much. If you only get him for eight games in 2018, isn't that worth the fifth-year option by itself? Yeah. So you probably would have done it, huh? You, from what we know, you probably would have took the option. Yes. With the, the thought lot, of, you know, you know they he's only going to get better together. and he's going to stay on the field. Who knows? You know, I mean, it's only they own something. They, they traded up to get him from 9 to 4, and he's been injured, but when he plays well, he looks good. Don't you just – don't you have to buy into him? I think. And, I mean, yeah. clearly he was a Whaley guy, and Whaley's not there anymore, and there's a different right. way of doing things. But, uh, I mean, to me, he's just like their most important offense player, give or take, and yeah. as good as anyone on the team, and – Without them, their receivers are a nightmare, even with Zay Jones. But if there's a chronic situation medically, I guess that answers itself. But let's wrap up the show on one more draft topic, and it was the very last pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, Chad Kelly from Ole Miss, Jim Kelly's nephew going to John Elway's team. Any thoughts on, on that selection? I mean... Why not, right? No no risk, high reward. Ultimate gunslinger, all kinds of off the field issues and injury issues. But he's one of the few he's one of the six or seven quarterbacks in this draft with starter traits. So exactly, why not? I mean, uh, if he doesn't make team, who cares? And I I understand people not wanting to draft him because of all the off the field. And his tape's crazy, too. I mean, he makes throws that make you want to kill yourself. But um, the ability is there. I mean, he could be a hit. He could be Jay Cutler. Come full circle there. Right. How about that? <laughs> In Denver. So so you're, you're, you're cool with it. I mean, why? again, there's no, there's sure. no risk. And if he gets to camp and you can't stand the guy, you cut him. Yeah. And nobody blames you. Nobody even cares, right? It's not even it's hardly even a news story. Yeah, yeah. So why not? All right, well, that was a good little early May show. I appreciate it. We'll be back uh, next week. I, you know, I, I haven't figured out how we're going to format, but sooner or later we're going to have to start really digging into these divisions. And, you know, that's going to take us two months. So it's coming It's coming soon because, you know, before when training camps we have a bunch of live stuff to talk about. So I think we should start division previews pretty quickly if you're okay with that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, maybe we'll just yeah. go, you know, talk to those four teams and, you know, maybe even as soon as next week because, like you said, I yeah. mean, eight weeks goes, takes up a lot of time, and there's a lot to talk about in between. And, yeah, that would make some sense. Yep, cool. All right, Matt, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the No Relation NFL Podcast. Take care. Talk to you next week.